Is watching the Crucible play okay to do with your kids? How should we think about the book of Revelation? And what's the deal with fruitcakes? We're gonna get into it on Ask. Hey everyone, welcome to Ask. I'm Pastor Jamie. This is where you ask questions about the Bible, faith, and life, and we answer them. First question, I recently saw the Christian school locally is doing the Crucibles for their uh, winter play. I was shocked and quite upset to see this since it's about witchcraft, uh, marital affairs, and worse. Isn't this a bad idea as it opens these students and viewers up to learning more about a dark world and drawing them away from the Lord and showing them the luster of, that's a good word, Wiccan practice and giving Satan quite an opening. Um, your occult series talked about how bad this all is, especially given all that is going on in the world already. Worst part is their disclaimer not to bring younger children. I enjoy taking my grandkids to these plays and know they too will be heartbroken and we can't attend. What do you think, Pastor Jamie? So, thank you for such a good, well thought out question. Um, I do hope you will go. Uh, I will be there both nights because my daughter happens to be playing one of the leading roles. Um, my biggest thought about um, the way you are questioned, the way you are wondering about this is, have you ever read The Crucible? Maybe like me, it was a while ago, high school for me. Um, so I decided to reach out to my brother, Dan. He's an English teacher and has taught The Crucible for over 20 years. And Dan is also a big part of our church and a strong follower of Christ. So I asked Dan, can you share what The Crucible is really about and why is it so important uh, for learning and, and discussion, especially amongst older kids? And here's what he said, quote, the Crucible is about kids pretending that they are being attacked by witches. These false accusations lead to distrust among the people of this Puritan society. And people are hanged because of false accusations. It was written in a response to McCarthyism era in the 1950s when people were being accused of being communists. Uh, and they lost jobs, they were blacklisted from uh, ever working in Hollywood. People began accusing others, sometimes because they had a vendetta against someone, and uh, sometimes just because they got wrapped up in the hysteria. So Dan wrote to me in an email, Arthur Miller couldn't write directly about that, or he would be banned. So he wrote about another time in American history when people were falsely accused. See, the idea is so applicable today, especially with social media, where people are canceled for things, or people don't uh, and they don't look for the whole story. And they just accuse and find you guilty. And then anything someone says can be taken out of context. It even happened to our own church on TikTok. See that from last week's episode? Uh, there are no actual witches in the play, Dan writes. That's the point. As for extramarital affairs, John Proctor does have an affair with Abigail, which my daughter's playing. Um, that is true, but John is an upright Christian who gave in to temptation and realizes he's a sinner. Unfortunately, he does not outright rely on Jesus for his forgiveness, but he suffers from the guilt that he has caused his wife pain uh, and has hurt his marriage. In the end, she forgives him, and he goes to his death because they are asking him to lie about being a witch in order to free himself. He dies to restore his name and do something upright and honest to make up for his adultery. However, Dan writes, that is not to excuse the whole play. Puritans are definitely painted in an overall bad light. However, it's a comment on legalism in some ways. Miller is saying that they were hypocrites. They acted holy, but hid their sins instead of admitting them and being humble. And the witchcraft scenes, even though the girls are all making it up, are played up to an excitement and intrigue uh, within the play. 
But I think, he wrote, in the end, it's not about witchcraft. It can't be, because the girls were pretending, trying to gain some power because they were basically ignored and, and held silent in their society. So for me personally, and this is now Jamie talking, I appreciate Dan's help with that. Um, I, I, if, if you watch the very last episode of my occult series, I delve into whether we should read books or watch movies, shows, or plays that involve occultic practice. My conclusion that it is okay to do that unless it truly intrigues us to actually practice it ourselves. We'll link that, that, that episode in, our, in this Ask episode so you can watch it if you haven't seen it. Um, but I would say this, uh, Whitensville Christian School is right to warn families with young children, but not because of witchcraft or occult practice. Uh, rather, this kind of plays, it, it brings out more adult themes and it, it can't be, it can be rather scary if you don't understand what's going on. However, if you have middle school kids and up, I would encourage you to bring them and then have a conversation after. I don't think we give our kids enough credit. They want to talk about these types of things, and they're very valuable discussions about gossip and slander and that words matter and actions have consequences, etc. So I hope you all go. We'll actually put the link to buy tickets in the video as well. Shameless promotion for my daughter, Grace, because she's worked hard. Second question for this episode, what's the deal with the revelation? I like how you ask it. What type of mindset would give me the best chance of understanding it correctly? Hmm. Interesting question. Uh, Revelation is probably the most misunderstood book in the Bible. Some have done uh, some real, real damage to the church and the people of the church with some seriously terrible takes on Revelation. Um, I'd love to pre preach through it someday, but as of now, I've only done the first three chapters. Uh, I, I think you need to remember that, that a few things. Context is everything. Study the context in which Revelation was written. You need to know that Revelation is a very distinct form of literature called apocalyptic literature. And you should study what that means, especially to first century readers. It's incredibly important to understanding it. There's many books I would recommend, but let me just mention one. It's called Discipleship on the Edge by Daryl Johnson. If you're not big on reading, let me recommend a recent sermon series about a year ago or so, Matt Chandler from the Village Church in Texas. I thought he did an excellent job um, in that series. There was a few things that he kept repeating that I think can help your mindset. First, it cannot mean to us what it did not mean to the original readers. So theories about Apache helicopters and crazy stuff like that need to be dismissed. Second, he said, it is not a timeline. Revelation is a series of windows God opened up to the Apostle John. So we need to stop looking at it as a series of events that happen after one after another. Third, the book was for our comfort and encouragement. It is not to frighten you, but remind you that God is over all of this and in all according to his beautiful plan. Just trust him. All right, lastly, we'll just finish with this. It's Christmas, so why does fruitcake get such a bad rap? And my wife wants to know if you are a pro or anti mincemeat pie. Hmm, Ariel, fruitcake gets a bad name because it, begins, it began to be mass produced. When I was a kid, my father was a buyer for a company and, uh, and sales weasels would give us, send us stuff for Christmas and it broke into two categories. One, booze, which at the time didn't interest me very much. Uh, second was fruitcakes, fruitcakes, which looked like cakes that seemed to be opposite of homemade. I think it, it, if someone who really knows what they're doing, they make a good fruitcake, it can be really excellent. Now, mincemeat, I'm not sure I've ever even had it. Maybe I have, and I probably thought it was okay. You know, put some hot sauce on it. 
and I can probably put it down. All right, well, that's it for Ask. I am hopeful as we're coming very close to the weekend that you and your family will have a blessed Christmas. Hopefully, if you're in the area and in town, you will join us here at Cornerstone at 3 o'clock or 5 o'clock candlelight services on Christmas Eve, and we have one Christmas gathering on Sunday at 10, which will be different from the Christmas Eve gathering. So if you want to join us then, uh, you know, not full of wrapping paper and, and whatever else and mincemeat you can eat, um, join us here at Cornerstone to celebrate Christmas. May God bless you, and uh, we'll see you next uh, year, probably, on Ask. Maybe not. Maybe there's one more. Either way, we'll see you then. God bless.